So what is trauma-informed care? It changes the question to what's wrong with this student to what's happened to this student. Because traumatic events are happening every day and one out of every four children attending school have been exposed to a traumatic event that can affect their learning and behavior. These kids feel hopeless, but we can give them hope. So as we learn the trauma can actually diminish concentration, their memory, organization, and language abilities. So we keep those in mind as we are teaching our kids so that we can equip them to be better people, better students in a trauma-sensitive classroom. And so I want you to listen in for five principles of trauma-informed care that will hopefully help you lessen the impact that trauma can have in the classroom, giving our students hope. Hi guys, welcome to Behavior Strategies for Class, your podcast all about behavior strategies to help you in the classroom. Do you need more support and encouragement for your challenging students? Do you want proven behavior strategies that will help create resilient students? How will behavior strategies influence your class? You will make a difference in their lives and prepare them for success as a well-rounded person. And I'm here to help. I'm Diane Bachman, a behavior paraprofessional with over 10 years experience in special education, working with students from various backgrounds and disabilities, and I want to offer you hope. You will be a constant, caring adult in your students' lives, and building relationships with them will be essential to achievement and triumph, not only for them, but also for you. So we'll be discussing about trauma-informed care, social-emotional intelligence, sensory breaks, why are they important, PBIS, behavior interventions, MTSS, social skills, evidence-based strategies, and more. So listen in, and I have to say, Rita Pearson is one of my idols in her fight for students. And if you have not listened to her TED Talk on Every Child Needs a Champion, I encourage you to go do that today because I want us to be our students' champion because we were born to make a difference. Let's listen in to today's episode. I've worked with students whose parents have died or are fighting all the time. Some parents are fighting cancer or grandparents, or aunts, uncles. Uh, sometimes they're homeless. They, um, their parents are divorcing. And sometimes these can be obviously very traumatic for kids, and so it affects their learning because they're thinking about mom or dad fighting through, you know, not feeling well. And so we just have to kind of give them some grace sometimes when they are having a tough time and they can't concentrate, um, to give them that ability to go speak to somebody or to go to a sensory corner in the classroom or just to put their head down for a minute. I'm not sure. Whatever works in your classroom, but just to know, um, sorry, just to have the students know that they're cared for And we're happy to have them in the classroom and we want to be able to help them as much as we can in between your teaching and helping them learn the best way that they can. Because sometimes some of these students 
just have so much anger helping them to figure out like we don't have to lash out at everybody else they can go speak to a counselor they can go speak to um another para who's in the school and another caring adult when if in the middle of class they're having a meltdown and they just can't handle it and so again it's as you get to know your students and get to know their families and really what's going on and some of the kids they may not have disruptive behaviors some of our kids have been really depressed and just helping to get that positive thinking going on for them. So I have seen a lot of these um, principles work with our kids. Nothing's perfect, but of course these will help give them tools to know that they can do better and they can succeed at school and at life. So the five principles of trauma-informed care are relationships, again, the importance, um, identifying their feelings, giving a safe space in their rooms, identifying what their triggers are, and again, giving them a voice and a choice. So let's go over principle number one, relationships. So one of the effects or obstacles that they can have from trauma is trouble forming relationships. So of course, they may not respond to you right away. They may not respond to their peers right away. They're always on the defensive. So that is something uh, to keep in mind. Poor self-regulation. So that's why some of these kiddos are having meltdowns or they're screaming or they're lashing out at other students. Uh, the negative thinking, like I mentioned. Hypervigilance. Like they're always trying to be aware of what's going on, what danger is happening, looking for an escape route. Like they're always on like their mind doesn't know how to shut off because they've been in such a state of uh, trauma. They just don't know how to shut it off. And then, like we mentioned, like I mentioned before, the executive functions, uh, challenges that they have, just being organized and trying to get themselves together. So these are some other other ways that trauma can affect their learning in the classroom. And so, as we build relationships with them, we can help them with their regulation, with their negative feeling or thinking, and help them, teach them how to get organized. Because some of these, they haven't even been taught how to even probably clean up a room, if they even have their own room. We had some kids that were living in hotels, sleeping on beds, sleeping on the floors, sleeping in their cars. So they don't know what it means to get their own space in order, but that's what we're there for, to help teach them. And then another one, the second principle uh, to trauma-informed care would be to teach them to identify their feelings and kind of help them process through that. And, you know, just getting them to think, okay, well, how does this really making you feel? Or why do you think you always want to lash out in anger? Why do you think? And so, because I'm sure most of the time they're not stopping to feel to think about how they feel. They're just trying to stay alive. And so when we get them to just take a minute and help them process through that, that really just helps to give them um, more control. And that's what we want to give them, any type of little control for them, which brings us to giving them a voice and a choice. The third principle, which empowers them to have some control in their life, so it's teaching them, okay, you have control on how you react, on how you behave, and how you interact with your peers and your teacher. Like these are the, the things that you can control is yourself. And so giving them a voice, we want them, again, to process how they're feeling, 
why they did what they did, and then giving them a choice. Okay, well, so if you choose to continue with this behavior, your consequences, you could be suspended, or your consequences, you're going to miss recess for a week, or, you know, but giving them that choice for them to realize, okay, my behavior does have consequence, but I can control my behavior and just helping them to process through that. And the fourth principle would be giving them a safe space in the classroom. So I've seen a lot of teachers, they'll, they have a beanbag, they'll throw in the corner, they have a couple posters of like calming, like the ocean or mountains, just calming pictures. They'll have a box of um, like fidgets, and then they'll also have a timer. So students know, okay, you know, you flip the timer, you have that time to sit there, take deep breaths, squeeze a fidget, look at the picture for a few minutes and just kind of refocus. And then once that timer is done, then they know they're back to their desk, back to learning and what they need to do in class. Um, I've seen some teachers use like color cards on the desks. So each student has a um, card and one side is green, one side is red. And when a student flips it over to red, then the teacher knows, okay, you need a minute, go ahead and go. And so that it's not, it's all nonverbal. You're not interrupting the class and the other teaching and the other students. But that one student who flipped that card knows, okay, I have a safe space. I can go over there for a minute, take a deep breath, get control, come back and get to learning and then flip that card back over to green. And so that just gives a nonverbal connection with the teacher and that he was validated, he was seen, he was able to go take a minute and come back and get back to work. And I've seen that work really well. Of course, you are going to have students who will be like, oh, yeah, I need to do that like every five minutes or every hour. Oh, I need to take a break over there. I need to go... <laughs> And again, as you get to know your students, you're going to know, okay, Susie, you're fine. You're just being dramatic. You'll be okay. Whereas Johnny, you can tell, okay, the fume is coming out of his ears. We need to let him go over there for a minute. But it's a great tool that has really worked um, with our tough students. So the fifth principle of trauma-informed care is identifying what may trigger the student. So triggers are what, it's like what brings back those memories of that traumatic event. Um, just a couple of examples would be Mother's and Father's Day, depending on if mom or dad died or if mom and dad left or even if mom or dad is in the military and out of the country. You know, those bring up moments that sometimes kids get really sad. Sometimes they just start crying. Sometimes they get angry and they don't want to do it. And, and so they throw a fit. But so sometimes those are just different triggers that you can try and remember for some of the students. And so then you can rephrase whatever project or writing assignment or something that you're working on as you get to know your students, what could trigger them. So I hope this makes sense. Trauma-informed care is really just looking at the whole student and how you can give them tools to function to the best of their ability while they're in school. Giving them a voice and a choice, identifying their triggers, giving them a safe space, teaching them to identify their feelings, and continuing to build relationship and connection with these kids so that they feel safe. And like I said, not all students who've been through some tra trauma 
are going to have disrupting behaviors. But obviously, these are good for any student to have these options and strategies on how to deal with with life and the events that are going to come in their lives. And these are things that you can obviously keep working on throughout the day in talking with your students. And I know a lot of this seems pretty overwhelming because as a teacher, educator, we have so many hats to wear. But you're not alone and you're doing amazing and your students need you. And remember, you are a life changer. Thanks again for listening to Behavior Strategies for your class. Thanks so much for listening. I truly appreciate you all, and I pray that I've inspired and encouraged you today. I also want to let you know that I have a couple bit.ly links for you if you're interested in making your own podcast and sharing the wealth of knowledge that you have, being a teacher or a para or a teacher's aide, uh, anybody in the education system, I'm sure you have a lot to share. And if you're interested, I took the class with Stephanie Gass. She's amazing, super friendly, down to earth, very easy to understand, and she's great. So I have a bit.ly link for you uh, for Podcast Pro University is where I learned how to do this. And that is bit.ly slash behavior, PPU, the number four, and U, as in the letter U. So Podcast Pro University bit.ly slash behavior ppu the number four and the letter u if you're interested also to get your free printable of all the six evidence-based strategies there is another bit.ly link and that is bit.ly slash the number six for free the number six for free these will all be in the show notes in case you need to go back and check those out and i leave you with this Every child deserves a champion, and that's by Rita Pearson. So I just want to encourage you that you can be that champion and that you are making a difference. Thanks again.